Hello, my name is Alan Cole. I'm the president and founder of Total Wellness. I am excited to be the host of our podcast, Inspiring Healthy Healthy Workplaces. Thank you for joining us. Today, I want to welcome our special guest, Tony Frick, president and CEO at Global Fit. Welcome, Tony. Thanks for having me, Alan. It's great to be here. Please go ahead and, and tell our audience anything about yourself, anything exciting new, just to get us to know you a little bit better, and then we'll talk about Global Fit. So as you mentioned, um, I serve as the president and CEO of Global Fit. Um, we are a 27-year-old health and wellness technology company based here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, we serve about 4,500 employers and insurers, both domestically and internationally. Um, I uniquely uh, transitioned from the board to CEO about two years ago um, and spent my earlier career as a healthcare consultant. Um, and also was an M&A attorney and in-house counsel, uh, primarily in the healthcare field before joining Global Fit. Well, that's interesting. So you, how, how would you say this is different than your previous uh, career? <laughs> you know, in the consulting arena, I spent a lot of time on strategy and growth, um, which, as you know, is a, a key focus of a CEO in the healthcare space. Um, as an M&A attorney, I was very much focused on transactions, um, combinations of healthcare companies to drive additional value growth and um, really provide differentiated services to the healthcare community. Um, and frankly, that's a lot of what I do today at Global Fit. So would you call this your dream job? Definitely. Um, I have the opportunity to lead a very diverse, progressive uh, group of healthcare technologists um, and innovators in the space that are, you know, focused on a daily basis of bringing new products to market and helping us really impact the wellness of our clients. Um, it's a great job to have. It's fun to wake up and come to work every morning. So you say uh, you started the uh, the company was started twenty seven years ago. So what? has changed in the 27 years as far as what GoLifit does today versus 27 years ago. I'm sure there's a lot of new things you, every day that you're doing now, but what, what what's the biggest shift in GlobalFit? So we started in the 90s as a gym aggregator. So our founders went out and negotiated on behalf of insurers and large employers best-in-class discounts to gyms, studios, um, and other wellness offerings. We packaged that in a white-labeled e-commerce solution and delivered it through insurers and employers for almost the past three decades. That solution has evolved over the years and now provides a, a variety of different offerings in both wellness education, uh, nutrition, and our traditional fitness offerings. Um, when I got involved, we were starting to make a pivot into a company that's more of an a la carte provider of a variety of different wellness services and solutions. So we're taking what I would consider a rather unique approach to the market. We're not building one huge immersive wellness platform. Instead, we're building 
a number of different solutions in fitness, in mindfulness, in nutrition. Because what we're seeing is our clients are very unique. Um, they have very diverse needs. Um, and they have very specific budgets. So one client might just want a mindfulness solution. Another might just want a nutrition solution. Our large enterprise employers and insurers tend to take all those solutions in a bundled package. Um, we're seeing that this differentiated a la carte approach um, is, is pretty price competitive and responsive to the unique needs of the space these days. So you would you would characterize most of the platforms in the industry that can't necessarily a la carte it as well as you, you your platform can is that would that be a good characterization? So how our programs and solutions are built? Um, we serve some of the large national for profit insurers um, all the way down to hundred person employers and. We're able to do that because we can disaggregate our solutions and they're very flexible. Um, you know, if you have a champagne budget, we can meet that. If you have a beer budget, we can meet that as well. Okay, so do you go direct to employer groups typically or through the insurance plan or a combination of both? It's a combination of both. Um, our distribution channels are really threefold. Um, we go direct to employers. Um, our solutions are also leveraged by insurers on behalf of their employer groups. And then we spend a lot of time with brokers and consultants in the space um, as they advise their employer clients on wellness solutions that might be relevant for their employees. Okay. And so when you talk about uh, companies budgeting and knowing the solution that meets their needs, is there is there any kind of price point that you try to target on a per solution or a la carte basis, or it's really kind of all over the place. Is there kind of like a sweet spot for any employer group on how much they want to spend on their employees for these type of solutions? It's a, it's a very broad price continuum. Um, and we're, we're very much a, a SaaS business. So a software as a service, but we put, a significant premium on this service piece. Um, and, and what that means is we spend a lot of time up front with our clients consulting on their unique needs, um, their focuses of their wellness program, and what they're trying to accomplish on behalf of their employees. Um, we then kind of either take one of our solutions off the shelf or customize it significantly in order to meet their needs. So how, 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 how much are you able to customize that since you mentioned that on an employer by employer group basis, uh, is it limited to just some, you know, logos here and there, or you completely can customize almost any page on the, on the platform. We can completely customize any page. So our solutions tend to always be white labeled. The, the global fit brand is not typically front front and center um, in front of employees. Um, so we can customize the program, what we're tracking, what we're reimbursing for in our global fit rewards platform, for example, in, Walk My Mind, which is a mindfulness solution that combines podcasts and challenges and really encourages folks to engage their mind and body at the same time by going for a walk and, and being thoughtful during that time. 
we can customize all the content that's available on that platform. Um, so customization ranges from program customization all the way to significant development undertakings. Um, I mean, right now we're in the process of rolling our Global Fit Rewards platform out into 88 countries and about 18 languages, taking into consideration all of the unique cultural dynamics in each of those geographies on behalf of um, a large domestic employer here that has about 140 employees throughout the world. Oh, so the, uh, even, so a small employer group that has a diverse population across the world for 140, you can make a customized solution for that. 140,000 people. Yes. Employed. Uh, 140,000. Okay. You said 140. I'm like, Whoa. So hundred. Yeah. So how would you guys see you guys? How would the, let me say again, how would global fit be positioned against other platforms, especially when you're talking on a global basis on how they can respond to cultural differences uh, in respect to well-being solutions? So I think first and foremost for us, it's the upfront consulting engagements, the understanding of our employers and what they're trying to accomplish, and then the, the customization. I, I would argue that we also have um, somewhat of a unique approach to the type of solutions we're building these days. Um, we build more utility apps than immersive apps. And let me unpack that. I mean, a utility app is Uber, for example. You open the app, you request the car, the car shows up, you're out of the app. If you spend more than a minute in that app, you're frustrated. It's utility. It connects two transacting parties. Immersive is a social media platform or a, a gaming platform. Take Instagram, for example. You're pulled into the platform. It's supposed to be engaging. It's supposed to be immersive. Their entire revenue model of an Instagram is to keep you engaged, scrolling through pictures in order to see the ads and generate revenue on behalf of that company. Um, we don't believe that wellness happens in an immersive application, meaning it's not a wellness activity in and of itself for you to be staring at your iPhone or to be staring at a web-based platform at your desk. Um, wellness happens when you schedule a yoga class through Global Fit Anywhere um, and go to that class during work with your coworkers, and that's rewarded and um, incentivized by your employer through a product like our Global Fit Reward Solution. It's um, your CEO encouraging you for to go for a walk at lunch and listen to a 2019 strategy presentation. That's our Walk My Mind solution. It's encouraging employees to get out of the four walls of the office um, and connect their mind and body in a, in a wellness activity. So all of our solutions are designed to not have you staring at your phone or your computer. They're designed to incentivize and reward wellness activities right so now the evolution comes into uh focus now so you guys started off we're going to give uh we're going to have a global network or a national network originally of discounts to gyms and now it's not about going to a gym and working out and getting discounts to go there it's about getting out and doing all these wellness activities through a technology platform as well as still having the benefits of that gym network exactly um you know, our clients these days are focused on the whole person. Um, and 
you know, a very diverse uh, contemporary workforce that has unique needs and challenges. And I mean, we were just in the fitness services space for a number of decades. Now we've moved into mindfulness and nutrition and other pieces of this wellness pie, if you will. Um, Our go forward strategy is to continue to introduce new standalone solutions that uh, address more contemporary needs, but introduce standalone solutions that also can be aggregated in an enterprise solution that our larger clients end up taking. So how would you guys see yourself positioned in the financial wellness and the mental health wellness uh, uh, areas? I haven't looked at your platform recently, and I'd love to delve in a little bit deeper. But uh, those are kind of the hot topics. I'm getting inundated myself with a lot of companies that um, are building specific platforms just to address those those aspects of well-being. Uh, how do you guys stack up against that? And uh, kind of a follow-up question what do you see as future well-being solutions in your technology coming down the pipe that you may develop in-house or maybe uh, it could be part of an acquisition of another company that found a great solution and rather than building it from zero that you would acquire somebody like mm-hmm. that? So Global Fit Rewards um, is our, our broadest solution today. Now, this is a solution that provides the carrots or the incentives, if you will, um, for folks to adopt specific behaviors or, um, you know, pursue a wellness activity. The solution is very broad in the sense is that we can track, validate, and administer rewards or financial incentives for really any activity. So we have clients on that solution that are incentivizing steps and gym visits, which is more traditional to clients that are incentivizing participating in a 401k seminar um, or participating in a student debt seminar or meeting with a financial planner or counselor or meeting with um, a counselor to help you understand how much you need to save for your um, newly born child. Um, That platform is robust in the sense that our employer clients are able to incentivize and reward for behaviors that they're looking to inspire and encourage their employees um, to adopt. And what we've seen is that those carrots have been very effective um, in getting folks to take the initial steps. Um, And then as they start to take those initial steps, a lot of these habits become, you know, long-term life altering you know, approaches to their finances or their wellness, et cetera. From a behavioral health standpoint, that's where our walk my mind solution comes in. Um, And by behavioral health, we're focused more on stress, um, mindfulness, um, and and really encouraging our employees to take a minute um, and be mindful, be present, um, and, and separate themselves sometimes from the stresses of the day or, or, or the stresses of life. And, and what that means is, is that platform combines walking and listening. And our employer clients that have adopted that are incentivizing, rewarding, and providing challenges for their employees to really take time to get outside of the four walls of their office um, in any given day. 
And what that means is it's go for a walk um, and listen to a meditation podcast. Go for a walk um, and listen to a podcast on on nutrition. Um, And what we're seeing is those brief moments in the day of, you know, relaxation and some respite provide significant productivity enhancements um, throughout the rest of the day and helps our kind of employees reset themselves. And we've seen a lot of our um, CEO clients that have adopted this be very interested in um, encouraging their employees to take that time. Because what we've seen is that managers, executives tend to take that time for themselves throughout the day, but employees don't do that on um, as, as a common as commonly as um, managers do. I agree. I agree. Uh, so I lo- love your solution. Uh, what do you see in the future as a follow-up? Uh, like, do you see any new trends that you guys are looking at developing some new solutions or a la carte, as you call them, um, kind of from the ground up? Or is it really enhancing what you currently have and making that more robust? You know, what I find really interesting is, I mean, in our space, um, you know, mindfulness wasn't even a buzzword a decade plus ago. And I mean, we peg it at about 11 to 13 percent of the wellness market right now. Um, What we're really seeing is that clients of all sizes and all budgets um, are demanding flexibility, personalization, and customization. I don't think that in this market, in the near term, intermediate term, or long term, that demand um, from our clients is going to change. Um, as the workforce kind of turns over and, and millennials and, and younger folks start making up a bigger piece, um, the unique needs and demands of that workforce have evolved. And that's where mindfulness and stress management and and other demands have have, have come into place. And we're really committed to being responsive to what our clients are looking for and what they're asking of us. Um, And one big piece for us is nutrition. Um, I think a lot of folks have been focused very heavily on the calories out, if you will. Um, So, fitness, um, losing weight through those means. But what we've seen and what is proven through research is, is your diet is just as important um, in your wellness journey. And there's a lot of new opportunities for us leveraging technology, leveraging telenutrition um, to really connect dietitians um, with individuals to help them build uh, the capabilities to, to really eat well. Well, uh, here's kind of maybe off the beat question or maybe related. Uh, if, 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 uh, if you were going to suggest one thing to a company or any of your clients that they could do and spend, you know, if they had unlimited budget, they could do anything they want. They management says you, you know, gave them a blank check. What, what would you say they should, should do with that opportunity? Should they, you know, what would be the, the greatest thing they could do to, you know, enhance their well-being program at the workplace and make their employees happier and more engaged? You know, what's interesting, if they had a blank check and unlimited funds, I'd say don't spend it all. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of folks out there 
that'll help you spend every one of those dollars. Um, but our advice to our clients when they're just getting started is to start small. Um, and the reason for that is employees are inundated with information. Um, they're pulled in a million different directions on a given day. And it's really hard to communicate, drive engagement in a huge wellness platform from day one. So start small. What What is your, your top challenge in your workforce? Is it obesity? Um, is it stress? Um, what is it that you're really trying to address in the short term that would have the biggest gains? And then focus specifically on that. Um, and then when you've got a handle on that, start to expand. Um, it starts small. I mean, it's and it's how we approach getting fit and, and living a healthy lifestyle. If someone hasn't worked out in three years, you don't start them as a trainer by going and running a marathon. And it's the, it's the same advice we give our employers. And oftentimes what we find is, you know, if an employer has a significant um, focus on stress management, we, we address that and then we pivot to the, the second focus. What we see a lot of these days is um, obesity, diabetes, um, and the chronic disease associated with that. And what we typically roll out is some consulting services, fitness services, and nutrition to really attack um, a far-reaching systemic issue like that from a bunch of different angles. And you see a significant amount of outcomes and gains from our employers. You see the individual stories, but you see the cost savings from a health insurance standpoint and the productivity of gains when you address just one issue like that. I agree. I, I kind of use the term uh, back to your original and start small as, you know, on a personal level, I think everybody wants, you want to start off if you're training for a marathon uh, six months from now, you have to start off trying to, you know, run a mile. Mm-hmm. So you got to, so I call them little wins. So break it down into smaller chunks and then you're eventually going to want a bigger chunk. And then maybe like you're talking about a corporate wellness, they do one thing, it works well, then they add another thing, they start building on this, those successes, and then eventually they have a, a full, robust well-being program that works for their employees in a lot of different ways. So I think you're exactly right. You know, start small, don't throw a lot of money at a solution and think it's going to you know, solve your wellness, which I see a lot of companies, they'll buy these huge platforms that include all this stuff but their employees probably only use it a couple times a year when they're forced to use those, those, those little tools, and then you never see them back. And so you're not having the engagement. You're not having the behavior change that you want to see over time. I'm sure you probably agree to some extent, but um, that's what I, I've seen in the past more. And I hope more companies are listening to this podcast and learning from other experts in the industry that, you know, Find out what works well and don't spend a lot of money assuming all these things are what your employees want when, in fact, they probably won't utilize them that much. Exactly. I mean, we we ask up front, have you polled your employees? Um, do you have a sense of what they're looking for? Um, have you been thoughtful about what your specific goals are around your, your, your wellness solution and your wellness program? Um, you'd be surprised how many folks haven't been all that thoughtful about that in the sense that 
They've been allocated a budget. This is something that they need because other folks are doing it. Um, but it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach. And, and for our employer clients, it's very much start small. Um, and then when we build these platforms, uh, we have a similar saying around challenging but achievable. Um, so we start these wellness programs around goals that we can pull the vast majority of the population into. And then as we get folks engaged, we start adding some more. We start you know, increasing um, what it takes to achieve those various goals or milestones in order to bring the population along. Um, but then if someone falls off um, and isn't successful in one of those challenges, we build ways to pull them back in. Because sometimes all these challenges, all the rewards, the carrots and the sticks can be demotivating um, to the part of your population that you're trying to engage the most. Um, and that's why we continue to refocus, recalibrate in attempts to re-engage those members and, and bring them along in their own personal wellness journey. Because everyone's different and what everyone's trying to achieve in their definition of success um, is different for every employee in an organization. That's great. Uh, so, Tony, what, what do you feel that is going to happen in the wellness industry as far as uh, are we going to continue to see more and more of these niche platforms that that go after different parts of well-being? Are we going to see a contraction in the industry over time that there's just going to be a few really good companies that do things similar to Global Fit that they offer many a la carte solutions? They're flexible. They can customize. Where, where do you see that going in the next five, 10 years? Or are we continuing to see a proliferation of all these different platforms trying to do everything that they say they can do, but not actually achieving the, mm-hmm. the changes that we want to see. Yeah, so what's interesting is we peg this industry as about an $8 billion industry with about 8,000 players right now. And the vast majority of them are very, very small. And this industry is defined as, you know, companies like Global Fit that are selling wellness solutions to employers and insurers. And to your point, they're very far-reaching. You know, some are nutrition, some are fitness, some are mindfulness and medica- meditation, et cetera. Um, what we kind of envision is a significant consolidation um, in this market um, over the intermediate term. And you're really starting to see that with some of the larger-scale mergers um, among some of the larger players in this space. Um, we ultimately see continued consolidation among folks in this space and it's the approach that we're taking i mean we're bringing to market new organic solutions and then we're growing um inorganically through acquisition um ultimately i mean we think it's the the very large self-insured employers um and particularly the insurers that are going to dictate the winners and the losers, if you will, um, in our wellness space. Um, insurers are increasingly baking solutions like ours um, into their premium and giving them to their employer groups as value-added offerings to drive stickiness into their plans. Other times, they're, they're charging uh, an additional PPM, price per eligible member, um, you know, for each additional solution. I mean, ultimately, we see some of the larger insurers as the folks that are going to be 
kind of driving these solutions forward. And you're starting to see that. You're starting to see them building their own homegrown solutions, them acquiring solutions, and then partnering with organizations like Global Fit and a number of other vendors to put together, you know, a very far-reaching solution. Um, and when we work with insurers, we tend to be one of a number of vendors. And what's important for us is to continue to keep our technology solutions open um, in the sense that they can integrate well with other providers in the space. Um, and I think that's something that we all have to do a little bit of a better job of. Um, we don't do everything global fit, and I don't think ultimately we will ever do everything. Um, and joint ventures and partnerships with other wellness providers um, tend to be very beneficial for our clients because when we're all speaking the same language and you're sending an employee to one application as opposed to 10 different applications, engagement and results and outcomes are a lot better. I agree. Yeah, it's got to be seamless to the employee. The employee doesn't have to see that there's three or different companies working together. So on your back to your comments, so do you see insurer, insurers driving your services to self-insured groups just as much as the fully insured or, or partially self-insured groups, or is it kind of equal across You're the board? You're seeing it across the board. Um, the revenue model is just a little different. Um, sometimes they're charging for it. Other times they're not um, simply because that, that client is very important to them. And, and these type of offerings um, build stickiness uh, into their plan. Um, and you're seeing insurers make pretty significant investments in their own applications or, or partnering with companies like us uh, to bring to market, you know, insurer branded solutions. Um, a company like Optum is, you know, a front runner and, and, and leader in a number of different, you know, areas of technology and healthcare. And you're seeing them make significant investments in this space. It started with their acquisition of Rally. Um, but you're seeing with their continued investment um, in wellness and their you know, strategy to bring solutions like that to other insurers. Uh, I do appreciate our time today. I don't know if there's any like lasting uh, thing you would like to add about Global Fit and maybe about the industry in general. I think overarchingly, I mean, just concluding comments is that you know, employers and insurers, you know, do this because they care about their employees and they care about their insurance members. Um, and, you know, if if you're going to make the investment in hiring someone and, you know, bringing them into your company, hopefully for the long term, and if you're an insurance company that's going to insure somebody, you want them to be healthier over the longer term. Um, I mean, that's a given. Um, but I think what we're also really starting to see and I do think it's still the early days of the data and the outcome. But for the employers, really the enhancements in productivity and retention um, and reduction in turnover. And for insurers that you know have significant market share in a geography that are taking the risk of you know myself in my 30s and then probably will insure me in my 60s, they want me to be a healthier 60-year-old. Um, and there's really significant... Um, revenue impacts and bottom line impacts for solutions like this. I mean, more particularly for the insurers, I mean, I think what we continue to see is that 
you know, in their business, when they're taking, you know, billions and billions of dollars of risk and, you know, making a, a few percentage point uh, return on that, um, it's these wellness solutions that have very significant upside um, return on investment in a variety of different arenas. And that's why from more of the, the business of wellness, I think we're seeing more folks focus on them. Well, great. It's good to have your perspective, Tony, on Global Fit and the industry. I, again, appreciate your time today, and please keep in touch. I want to thank Tony Frick, President and CEO of Global Fit, for joining us today on our podcast, Inspiring Healthy Workplaces. Have a great day, and get out there and be healthy.